Please do not message or call, as the following programme is a rerun of a previous live show. Any announcements made during the repeat may now not be applicable. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to the Ask Your Lawyer show today. I'll be your host, Mujib Rahman of .com Solicitors, and I'm joined uh, by my colleague, Mr. Anwar Qazi, also of .com Solicitors. We'd like to uh, thank all the staff at Inspire FM uh, for allowing us this opportunity to present our services to our listeners today so uh, listeners uh, in our last show that me and Mr. Kazi covered we went over types of tenancy agreements and Mr. Kazi was telling us and informing us of different and various types of tenancy agreements and how they're formulated and uh, we did dwell into slight topic uh, touch briefly shall I say upon eviction so uh, today uh, we're going to talk about eviction and possession of uh, of properties in regards to housing laws. So, uh, Anwar, assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the show today. So, uh, just to begin with, I want to know eviction and possession. Who does that apply to? Who gets evicted? Who does the eviction? Uh, that's in my last show, I said that uh, there are two. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so uh, in the last show, we spoke about the tenancy agreements, and I yeah. said that the most common type of agreements are uh, short hold, a short tenancy agreement, right. and a short tenancy agreement under uh, Housing Act 1988. And right. uh, I also say that a short hold tenancy agreements are mostly used by uh, private landlords uh, or agents, and a short. Uh, uh, tenancy agreements are mostly used by councils, housing associations, mm. housing, housing trusts and uh, some other organisation. In regards to eviction, who can do the eviction is most landlords. Or okay. There are some occasions landlords uh, uh, decide to ev evict their tenants from uh, their properties. Okay, that's fine. And <coughs> how is the procedure of the tenancy uh, of the eviction how is it formulated how is it regulated are there any specifics in regards to oh, is there any terms of eviction set out anywhere uh, well uh, landlords must follow a strict legal procedure if they uh, intend or if they want to evict their tenants to leave their uh, properties right uh, there are different procedure and the exact procedure uh, to evict tenants will depend on the type of uh, the tenancy agreement and its terms. Okay, so uh, in a nutshell, what we're saying is landlords are bound uh, by strict procedures in terms of evicting or evicting the tenants out of the uh, out of their properties or getting possession of the household of their property, and we're saying that that's regulated uh, also by terms within the tenancy agreement itself. Am I right in saying that, Mr. Kozi? That's absolutely right. And I mentioned this before, that uh, no landlord can evict a, a tenant unless obtains a court order. Yeah. In order to obtain a court order, you need to follow uh, procedures. Okay, that's fine. So, I know we probably won't be able to cover the whole of eviction in an hour, it's just impossible. But uh, what are the common notices that 
a landlord would give mm-hmm. is there a notice uh how is it formulated is it just a letter i intend to evict person a out of my property at so and so location uh how uh, what does it how does it work absolutely right if we discuss about the whole uh, eviction procedure we probably would need a day actually which yeah. i don't think we have uh but uh, generally most common type of notices of eviction or section 8 and section 21 notices okay what are these section 8 and section 21 section 8 uh, uh, is taken from section 8 of the housing act 1988 and section 21 is taken from uh, sec- section 21 of the housing act 1985 okay so there's two tenants there's two type of notices to evict your tenant there's a section Eight notice of eviction, which is covered by the Housing Act 1988, and there's a Section 21 notice of eviction, which is covered by the Housing Act 1985. But which one of these notices is most commonly used? Because <laughs> I mean, the layman will be sitting there thinking, "What is the most common notice?" I know the Section 8, Section 21, but okay, fine. What is the most common one? Well, first of all, you know, landlords can uh, serve both notices, but okay. let me go one by one. So right. initially, uh, and another thing is common. There are some other types of uh, uh, notices, but today we will only focus on Section 8 and Section 21 notices. Right. So let me go first through Section 21. So Section 21 notices are commonly used to evict tenants who are granted a short uh, short hold tenancy agreements mm. under section uh, 21 of the housing act uh, uh, 1985 landlords do not need to provide or to give any reasons for possession of their property uh, however, there are legal requirements uh, before a landlord can serve a section 21. Okay, so a section 21 notice you're saying is commonly used by uh, to evict tenants, but there's no the landlord does not need a reason to Absol- uh, serve a 20, section 21 notice upon the tenants. Absolutely not. The landlord oh. does not need to give oh. any reasons uh, why. Uh, uh, He's evicting uh, he, his he or she intends to take possession okay. of the property. Right. That's and you were saying there's some legal requirements before a landlord can even serve a section twenty one. Uh, I know briefly last time uh, we didn't dwell. Like I said, we just dwell over it, just brushed over it, shall I say? Mm. Uh, but what are these legal requirements? Uh, first of all, uh, landlords can use section twenty one and not to evict their tenants either after fixed term. Uh, tenancy ends or if there is a written tenancy agreement or during a tenancy agreement with no fixed end date which we which is known as periodic tenancy agreement and uh, further Uh, okay so in terms of uh, serving or giving a tenant a section 121 notice how does a landlord serve the notice upon the tenant or give the section 21 notice to his tenant Uh, a landlord must give a tenant uh, uh, the section 21 notice by uh, filling in a form it's called form 6a if uh, the tenancy started or was renewed on First uh, October 2015. Okay. And all those tenancy agreements which were granted prior to this date, uh, landlords can create their own 
section 21 notice by explaining that they need uh, possession of the property. Okay, so if the tenancy agreement was granted after October, well, after uh, on the f- on or after the first of October two thousand and fifteen, uh, the landlord must fill in a form called a form six A. Absolutely right. Uh, but you were saying if it started prior to this date, they just have to write up mm. a letter or something along them lines or they document d- themselves and serve that upon the tenant. Uh, okay, but with that document, uh, Anwar. Is that document, does it need to go into court or does it need to be filed into court or does it just be served upon the landlords? Uh, 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 in Section 21 notice, generally, uh, normally you serve it upon the tenant, uh, giving uh, time and generally it's two months uh, can be more depending on the tenancy agreement. Right. And uh, upon expiry date or when the ten- that, that deadline is passed, then the landlord uh, mm. has the right to make uh, possession application to the court to obtain a court order. Right. What landlords cannot do, just go straight to the court and try to uh, get a possession order. So initially they must serve a notice uh, informing the tenant of their intention that they w- would like to uh, take possession of the property. Right, okay. Uh, what happens if it's a periodic tenancy then. Uh, same, actually, same pre- periodic. Or first of all, you cannot serve a section twenty-one notice, and during the life term, life term of the agreement. So either it's at the end of the fixed term, or, or during. yeah, during or okay. any time if uh, the tenancy agreement is periodic tenancy agreement. Okay, how much notice? Uh, does one need to give for a section 21 notice? Uh, generally, yeah, depending on the tenancy agreement, generally a two months, a minimum of two months is required uh, uh, for giving two months to the tenants to okay. vacate their property. That's just generically, generally That's landlords right, give two yeah, months notice. still subject to the terms of the oh, agreement. Okay. But it's also subjected to the terms of the tenancy agreement. Right, what happens if it's a periodic tenancy? Uh, well, uh, again, it's same. Still, you need at least a minimum of two months to be given to the uh, tenants. And if they do not leave uh, after the expiry of the two months, then the landlord has is at liberty to make an application to the court to take okay. a possession order. That's fine. Okay, so we've briefly just went over how to serve a section 21 uh, notice of eviction what happens after the notice is served yeah that, that's absolutely uh, before even i answer that question actually once a landlord uh, when landlords or a landlord serves a section 21 notice uh, they must um, fill a certification of service must prove to the court that the the notice has been served or it was received by the tenant okay and uh, yeah yeah if uh, the tenant that uh, does not leave uh, the property by the specified date then the landlord can proceed and make an application to the court okay so 
what happens if now obviously because i think we're going to have landlords also listening to us uh what happens if the tenant does not leave the property by the said date or by the agreed date on the possession order or the section 21 notice or what have you what if the tenant just decides you know what I'm staying here, mate. I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, yeah, you see, there's many cases where it does actually are, happen. Uh, yeah, there are many cases. Most tenants uh, do not leave the property, uh, the yeah. properties by the specified dates. So that is the uh, that's the that's when the landlord or a landlord or landlords can make uh, an application to the court to obtain a possession order. However, certain rules need to be followed for Section 21 notice to be effective. Okay, so what we're saying is if the tenant does not leave on the agreed date, uh, which is written on the Section 21 notice of eviction, then a landlord should make up a uh, order application to the court in order to obtain a possession order. Okay, so uh, that's fine. So you were saying that there's certain rules and regulations that need to be followed in order to uh, for the Section Twenty One notice to be effective. Okay, so what type of documents or what should a landlord have? Yeah, in order to make that section 21 notice effect effective. Uh, well, as I said, uh, you know, there are certain rules to be followed for section 21 notice to be effective. Or there are some documents which the landlords must uh, have given to the tenant prior to uh, serving section 21 notice. And before I discuss about these documents, I would like to now discuss uh, about deregulation act 2015 okay uh, this so, is the, the, so sorry sorry to cut you off there uh okay. but okay so we're saying that these there are certain regulations that need to be followed in order for the section Absolutely. 21 notice of eviction to be effective now for it to be effect effective the rules and the documentations that are required are covered by the deregulation act uh, covered by other uh, other various rules but, but we're specifying yeah. the deregulation act Absolutely. for now that's okay fine. that's fine uh so yeah sorry carry uh, on deregulation act 2015 which came into force on uh, 1st October 2015. Yes. Uh, with more and more people moving into rented accommodation uh, the government has put into law better protections for tenants okay so the um, government's pointing to that's yeah that's better uh, into the law uh, factors that protect tenants moreover but uh, so uh, what are these protections just briefly if you yeah, don't mind me asking that's absolutely fine it's not about just protection for tenants the law this uh, piece of legislation also uh, provides uh, landlords greater clarification on their responsibilities concerning the protection of tenant deposits. Uh, so a section 21 notice may not be given if the landlord is in breach of uh, any legislation which relates to the condition of the property, the health and safety of the occupiers and also the energy performance certificates. Right, you did briefly touch upon that but uh, again, uh, sorry to keep uh, cutting you off. 
But what documents are essential for them to have? Uh, that's uh, yeah. The main documents that uh, landlords must have given to the tenant prior to uh, serving a Section 21 notice is uh, a copy of gas safety certificate, right, and energy performance certificate, right. Uh, how to rent uh, the checklist for renting in England, and okay. also uh, well, also a certificate. Uh, or evidence that uh, the deposit was um, uh, the Pro- government deposit protection scheme was okay, so used to protect uh, yeah, yeah exactly to protect the okay. uh, tenants deposits mm. okay that's fine so we're basically saying after the notice has been served uh, for the notice to be effective uh, the landlord this is mostly to do with landlords this aspect of it the landlord must have a gas safety certificate uh, energy performance certificate and he must uh, have proof or evidence of the deposit being secured and safe but uh, in terms of if for example there's no deposit protection there's no deposit protection he's got energy performance the landlord's got the energy performance certificate uh, he's also got the gas safety certificate, but he serves the Section 21 notice. Um, is that notice defective then? <laughs> That's absolutely. You see, these documents, it's not just about landlords, it's also for tenants, especially those tenants who are served with Section 21 notice. They should look, uh, they should find out whether they have uh, or whether their landlords have served these documents. In particular, uh, gas safety certificate, energy performance certificate, how to rent the checklist for renting in England, and also, you know, whether their deposit, uh, deposits have been protected or not. If any of these uh, documents uh, is missing, so these uh, lack of these documents would definitely uh, invalidate uh, that Section 21 notice. Okay. And then that cannot be enforced in courts. Okay, so then that will be a defective Section 21 notice. Uh, there won't be. It'll be as if it never even existed. Absolutely. See, the landlord must follow these. Mm. Must provide these documents, and at the same time, the land, the tenants, uh, uh, just if they receive any uh, section twenty one notice, uh, should look whether they do have these documents or not. Okay. So, uh, what must be there? What must the section twenty one notice? have or uh, comply with yeah the section 21 notice must be in a form 6a if there is a form called form 6a if the tenancy is started or was renewed on or fer- or on or after 1st october 2015 this is the date when the deregulation act came into force right uh, that notice must uh, give at least uh, uh, two months notice or so giving two months to the tenant to vacate that property okay. Okay. And if uh, a tenant or if tenants have to pay rent quarterly every six months, then they're entitled to notice equal to that rental period. And also, uh, so when uh, a tenant gets a Section 21 notice and the tenant does not leave the property, then the landlord can uh, make an application for possession. But the landlord must start court action within six months uh, upon serving the or from the date of the service of the notice uh, otherwise uh, if otherwise the notice becomes invalid invalid okay so a section 20 must notice must be on a form 6a if the tenancy was renewed or commenced after the 1st of october 2015 
the tenant must be served two months notice and equally if they pay periodic rent uh, as in in every quarterly every six months then the notice should be equivalent and if the date comes and the tenant still doesn't leave the property the landlord can apply to put a court for possession absolutely okay absolutely. but when can you not use a section 21 notice <laughs> i mean we, we're talking about when you can but when can one not use a section 21 notice mm. or when is it not uh legal or compliant upon a person uh, that's right yeah and there are certain situations or cer- uh, yeah, circumstances uh, where uh, a landlord cannot use uh, section 21 notice okay. uh, first if uh, the tenancy is uh, less than six months since the tenancy started okay uh, you're saying if the tenancy is less than six months before the tenancy started what if within the tenancy agreement there's a break clause well, absolutely right. You see, you cannot uh, serve a Section 21 notice uh, during the fix, fixed term unless there is a clause in the contract or in the tenancy agreements which allowed the landlord to do so. Okay, so that then goes back to the yeah, aspect where you're talking about is subject to the terms of the tenancy exactly, agreement. Exactly, yeah. Right, exactly. Okay, sorry. Carry on. Yeah, and also uh, uh, landlords cannot use um, Section 21 notice for uh, properties uh, categorized as uh, housing in multiple occupation. It's called HMO. It's a common phrase in legal profession and does not have a, a license from the council. Uh, generally, when you have uh, multiple people living in the property, you do need to obtain a license. So if a landlord... Is, uh, has not r- obtained that license, then unfortunately they cannot use Section 21 notice to to evict their tenants from their properties. If it's a HMO, absolutely HMO license. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So a HMO license is just granted by the council to the landlord. Am I exactly. correct? He just goes to the council, applies or requests it, and they'll grant it. That's as long right. as a certain procedure that needs to be followed, but it's not part of this show we made. Yeah, I mean, covered. as long as there's compliance with all the legalities and health and safety regulations right. and everything is fine. That's right. Okay, sorry, carry on. Yeah, and also you cannot serve a Section 21 notice if the council has served an improvement notice on the property in the last six months. Okay. That's uh, another situation or another circumstances. Okay, but well, what do we mean by saying uh, noti- uh, improvement? Notice well, there, notice are, there are some uh, f- some properties are in poor condition. There are uh, health and safety issues and the councils do intervene uh, to prevent any injuries or, or any, any harms to the tenants. Right. So generally they serve a, a, an, uh, was as an improvement notice. So this is uh, when a landlord cannot rely on section 21 notice okay so it's as if if some work needs to be carried out or conducted within the property and the council intervene that's right and if it's been within a month and two weeks later the landlord decides to serve a section 21 he can't that's right okay that's fine sorry carry on yeah so you also mentioned about deposit uh, so uh, a landlord cannot rely on section 21 notice uh, in particular after april 2017 if the landlords did not use the government deposit protection scheme that's uh, 
a crucial uh, important element you uh, see okay. one of the main uh, w- w- main section of the regulation act uh, okay. compelling landlords to make sure that the uh, tenants deposits are uh, protected yeah, deposited in government mm. protection scheme that's fine because uh it's uh, it's pretty common a lot of lay people that get a flat on rent or a house on rent just think the deposit is given and he's giving me a receipt for it uh it's fine but for them people out there they should know that they're entitled to a certificate uh verifying and clarifying that their deposit is being protected in a scheme that's right that's right. okay sorry if you want to wrap up uh have you got anything else to add? Uh, well, uh, I don't have anything else to say, but in summary, I said Section 21 notice uh, must be um, used after a fixed term tenancy ends if there is a written contract or during a tenancy with no fixed end date or known as periodic tenancy agreement. Uh, the notice must give at least a, or a minimum of two months uh, subject to the terms of the agreement, right. uh, and a landlord must fill a form. It's called Form 6A. Mm-hmm. And uh, if uh, the tenancy or the tenancy was granted on or after October 2015, the landlords must have provided certain documents such as gas safety okay. certificate, energy performance certificate, how to rent, and also. Uh, protected the deposit uh, okay. in order for section 21 notice to, to be effective. effective and we've yeah. just gone over uh, in which circumstances the section 21 uh, notice will not be effective either uh, okay uh, listeners I hope you will uh, benefited from what we've covered thus far uh, we will be back shortly uh, we're just gonna go on a break and again uh, i'm joined with anwar quasi of dotcom solicitors and i'm your host today mujib rahman of dotcom solicitors uh, please do tune in uh, those that have just tuned in uh, we're talking about evictions and possession orders today so uh, join us after the break and uh, hopefully after the break we'll be going over section eight notices of eviction and how they work and are there any reasons for them to occur etc etc and uh, we'll see you after the break assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah you're listening to an inspire fm podcast making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on inspire fm Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Dear listeners, uh, welcome back to the Ask Your Lawyer show I'm your host Mujib Rahman of Dotcom Solicitors And I have uh, with me today uh, my wonderful colleague and uh, host today Mr. Anwar Qazi also of Dotcom Solicitors uh, we're talking about eviction and possession orders and how the whole process works. Uh, we've been over eviction. Uh, we just went over Section 21 notices. And Mr. Kazi nicely put forward how it works. And he said what documents are needed, when it's effective, when it's not effective, when it gets... Uh, when it's not in compliance with any of the le- uh, legal rules and regulations. However, we also mentioned that we're going to talk about Section 8 uh, notices of eviction uh, under the Housing Act 1988. So, uh, Assalamu alaikum, Mr. Qazi. Alaikum, So, uh, now we're back and we're talking about Section 8 notices of evictions. What? How, how does they work? How does a tenant receive a Section 8 notice? So, how? What yeah. is... Uh, what is 
the whole situation in regards to Section 8 uh, section notices? Section 8 notices, uh, Section 8 of the Housing Act uh, 1988. Right. Um, a tenant may receive a Section 8 notice at any time during the life of the tenancy. That's one of the differences between a Section 8 notice and a Section, section 21, 21 notice. Right. And also it depends on uh, the reason the, the landlord is using try to make the tenants leave. This means that for Section 8 uh, notice, a landlord must have some kind of reasons uh, to justify the eviction. Okay. A uh, Section 8 notice will only be valid if a tenant has an assured tenancy agreement or an assured short-haul tenancy agreement. Right. So it can be used for both types of uh, tenancy agreements. Okay, so uh, we just just to point out uh, and briefly go over what you've just said, a Section 8 notice, unlike a Section 21, can be issued at any point during the tenancy. Uh, it It's it solely dependent on the reasoning why the landlord is trying to evict his tenant. And you were saying uh, Section 8 notice can apply to a short uh, tenancy agreements and also uh, short haul tenancy agreements. But you were saying a landlord can give, it depends upon which reason a landlord gives. I know, again, listeners, every situation is different. This is just generic advice. Uh, it's not specific advice. For those that require specific advice, go seek legal expert uh, opinion. If not, you could always get through towards me and uh, Mr. Kazi through the studio staff at Inspire FM. I'm sure they'll disclose our details and put you through to us uh, or whatever way they'll make sure we contact you somehow. But again, this is just generic. So, generically speaking, Mr. Kazi, what are the common reasons that landlords give? There are lots of reasons a landlord can use Section 8 uh, for Section 8. Most uh, common reasons are, well, rent arrears, damage to the property, causing nuisance to neighbours, and, okay. uh, well, some other grounds. However, uh, landlords uh, uh, must specify which ground or grounds of the Section 8 uh, they are citing as reason uh, or as reasons for eviction. Uh, let's not forget that these grounds for possession uh, can be found in Schedule 2 of the Housing Act 1988. So it's not oh. general reasons, they're uh, specified within, the, within uh, the Act, Act actually. Okay, so just uh, we went over a few of them. We were talking about rent arrears, as in where the tenant has failed to pay a few months' rent or a month's rent, whatever you, so he's fallen into arrears or another way to say it is a rent debt with this landlord or with the landlord or housing association whoever they may be damage that can be caused to the property so uh is it structural damage non-structural damage it could be either or any type of damage any type of damage okay just to okay so any damage or causing nuisance to the neighbors i.e by playing loud music absolutely uh, it could be doing something silly in the garden i don't know any way of shape or form a person can cause nuisance to someone and you were saying that uh, the grounds are cited uh, in schedule 2 of the housing act 1988 what type of categories are there how these grounds 
come together what are they about uh, Mr. Qazi? In Schedule 2 of the Housing Act 1988 we have uh, about 17 grounds Wow, uh, well, 17 yeah, provides one seven, right? One seven. that's yeah, right thank provide, you. Uh, details, uh, detailed reasons when landlords can uh, rely on those individual or, or you know mix of reasons there however the grounds fall into uh, two main categories which are these are really important to understand actually there are mandatory grounds and there are discretionary grounds now okay. what's the difference or differences so between mandatory so if and you, if you go through mandatory first and you talk to us briefly about what yeah. mandatory grounds are mandatory grounds which are uh, ground uh, uh, to s- ground one to eight of the uh, schedule two of the housing act these are mandatory grounds where uh, the judge has no discretion and if established the judge will definitely order uh, or make a position order okay. whereas uh, so with mandatory grounds, they're on grounds 1 to 8 of the 17 grounds of Schedule 2 of the Housing Act 1988. And if it's established and proven to the judge, he'll grant, grant position there and then no questions asked. Absolutely. Okay, and then you said there's also discretionary grounds, so I take it that covers from ground 9 to 17, that's right? That's right. Discretionary okay. grounds, this covers ground 9 to 17, Schedule 2 of the Housing Act 1988. And then in these cases, the court will only grant possession if it feels it's reasonable to do so. Okay. So in these, on the, if these grounds are established, then the judges have discretion whether or not to grant a possession order. Okay. So that's why you call it mandatory and discretionary. discretionary. Right. It makes sense. So mandatory is where established, the judge won't have no op- uh, option but to grant the possession order towards the to the landlord discretionary is down to the judge what he feels what he thinks what he sees sense of okay uh, so again we also went over this in regards to section 21 notices so those of you who have just tuned in uh, we've already covered that I'm sure you could ca- uh, catch that uh, wait till the end of this and just look over it again how much notice uh, should a landlord give in order to serve a Section 8 notice? Uh, well, uh, Section 8 notice, the amount of notice a landlord is required to give uh, differs according to the ground uh, they are citing on the Section 8 notice. We cannot go through each ground individually, that would be time consuming. Yes. Yeah, but generally I would say is uh, from two months to two weeks. So from two weeks to two months. That's exactly right, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, should the notice stay anything like when the notice expires or when it's active or anything on the soul or uh, on both notices not just on section okay. 21 uh, right uh, not on just section 8 both section 21 and section 8 both notices must give must specify the date uh, when the tenant is required to vacate the property, property. right and uh, and in regards to section 8 actually there's one thing one additional thing is that the tenant uh, um, can remedy the breach if that happened for example a 
tenants and renter areas and the landlord serves as section 8 notice and if, if the tenant uh, pays off the, 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 the renter areas then that will invalidate section 8 notice okay so we're saying a section 8 notice uh, you need a reason to serve it obviously so for example the reason is renter is or it could even be damage to the property so to speak as long as the tenant can prove he is going to take reasonable steps and rectify the damage or the problem caused it'll be de defective well on some occasions on yeah. some occasions that's generically right. speaking we're that's not true. being specific here uh okay no problem mr kazi that's nice uh what happens upon expiry of the notice though absolutely just same similar to section 21 upon expiry of the notice then the landlord is at liberty to make an application for possession but as I said before, you can't just go to straight to the court and ask for a possession order, which is unlikely to be granted. Okay. So upon the expiry of the notice, the landlord can make an application to the court uh, to obtain a possession order to evict the tenant. Right, okay. Uh, what type of possession order would they go for? If they've got the grounds um, uh, you see the type of position order can be different um, depends on which grounds of section 8 is established uh, so there are uh, various uh, different types of position order mm. uh, a judge uh, or uh, an outright position order can be made uh, by a judge uh, okay. in particular if uh, uh, mandatory grounds of section 8 okay uh, so there's an outright position order what else uh, is there so there are uh, well an outright position a suspended or postponed position order or, or, or money judgment against a tenant oh, these okay. are the type of orders that can be obtained from the cool. courts oh, yeah okay. and this and before even i go into that actually i would uh, strongly advise the landlords that they must use uh, legal procedure to evict tenants otherwise uh, they will be in breach of sure. legislation and in particular unlawful eviction which may open mm, well, some other, kind of litigation doors, yes. against him for unlawful eviction yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, that's fine. I think that's a separate matter for a separate show, uh, Mr. Kwasi. I know you like talking about litigation quite a bit. Uh, however, we, you said there's three uh, orders that can get granted. The outright position order, a suspended or postponed position order, and a money judgment against the person. Uh, however, talking about outright position order, what do you mean by the outright position order? I mean, is it... What does it actually mean, outright possession? Because it's just a bit catchy, isn't it? Yeah, that's indeed. Yeah, an outright possession order uh, means that uh, the tenant or a tenant must leave the property by the date given in the order. Uh, the date is usually around 14 days, but can be extended on uh, grounds <laughs> or exceptional hardship or, or even by consent of the parties or the All tenant right. and 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 the landlord uh, so yes the judge judges will consider exceptional hardship and may uh, may give longer days than 14 days 
Okay, why would they give more? For example, when would they give more? Well, in ex- ex- exceptional hardship, but then uh, or exceptional just, circumstances. Or if, if a tenant faces an exceptional hardship, but then the threshold for exceptional har- hardship is uh, quite high. It's not an ordinary phrase that uh, is defined in case laws and things like that. But uh, I mean, just uh, to give a practical example, What would you uh, say? Well, the risk of well, harm or health issues and extreme circumstances. Well, for example, yeah. if somebody's in ill health, they've got children, they need to buy, they need a bit more time to buy. The judge may consider that That's to be exactly. exceptional hardship. Right. Okay, yeah. now we got that. So basically, we're saying an outright position is that. Uh, so the orders granted there and then, and 14 days from the date of the order. Generally speaking, generically speaking they'll be asked to vacate the property. However, you're saying it can be extended due to exte- uh, exceptional circumstances and hardship. Uh, for example, if a person is ill, they've got two children, uh, they can't even walk, they can't even make a phone call, the judge will say, okay, you're going through medical uh, assistance at the moment, so when you will extend it to, for example, I'm not saying this specifically, just an example, to six weeks in order for you to get help from the outside to come in and find you another property to move into because we don't want, we, I'm sure the judge does not want uh, the person to be homeless. That's right. Okay, and we also spoke about, uh, you also mentioned, sorry, uh, suspended or postponed possession orders. What do you mean uh, by that? Yeah, suspended or postponed possession order means that the tenant can stay in the property provided that he or she meets. Uh, certain conditions. An example I will give you is uh, well, rent arrears. Imagine a tenant is in fallen into rent arrears and uh, the, he agrees to pay a certain amount of money on mon- weekly or monthly basis, uh, provided that uh, the tenant keeps up or meets those conditions. So the order will be enforced back, will be there, but Uh, uh, it'll be suspended. It'll be suspended. It'll only come into action if the guy or the tenant, if the yeah, the tenant just seems to think, you know what? For some reason, I'm not going to stick to the order. I'm gonna let uh, these conditions are generally yeah. explained within the order. Yeah, it's right. clear and yeah. uh, provided that the tenant uh, uh, obeys those uh, conditions or meets those conditions, and uh, the position or that will not be enforced or he will not be evicted from the property. Right, uh, so just briefly looking over, just in a nutshell, a suspended or postponed possession order can be granted. It's an order, it's valid, it's there, everything's set. As long as you fulfill the conditions of the order, you're safe. The day you stop fulfilling the conditions, you're in trouble. Is that what it is mm, in a nutshell? Exactly. So <laughs> yeah. for example, if you're in rent arrears and you owe your landlord £2,000, but you agree in court that for the next six months you're going to pay him, I don't know, £300 a month till it clears. That's right. On top of your rent. That's not excluding your rent, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on top of your rent, uh, you're fine. There's The order will stay suspended. But the month you forget to pay him, you're in trouble. Is that what we're basically That's saying? That's right, yeah. You Or, for example, you're being a nuisance to the neighbours. 
but you agree that you'll stop being a nuisance, you'll stop playing your loud music, but all of a sudden you start doing that over and over again, you're in trouble again. That's right. So yeah. as long as you stick to the conditions set out in the possession order, you're fine. And uh, these are court orders. Yeah. It's a court, breach of court order series. It's a serious matter, uh, yes, serious, indeed. Yeah. So in housing law, if you breach uh, any condition of the order, then you give... Uh, rights to your landlord to 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 uh, obtain or to evict you from the property and so that's why it's advisable to all tenants that if they are given any if they are given a suspended uh, position or that that they should just you know make sure that they meet those conditions okay is there any way to make the order delayed well absolutely yeah this adjournment means that the case cannot be decided yet or the hearing should be delayed this is called adjourning the case then okay so you can adjourn the case right this can be done either indefinitely or for a fixed term uh, for example, this can happen if a landlord says that they have certain type of tenancy agreement, the judge disagrees mm. uh, with the landlord. Or, for example, some tenants have fallen into uh, rent arrears because their housing benefit applications have not been processed, so they're waiting to hear about their um, benefit applications. Okay. And then the judge can actually indeed uh, adjourn the case and give time to the tenant to to so resolve the are, issue. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so basically, we're just saying you can adjourn it, uh, but it's again, uh, this can be done either indefinitely or for a fixed period of time. However, it's down to the court again. Yes, that's right. And for example, you were giving examples of when this could happen is, for example, you have a certain type of tenancy agreement, but you disagree. Or if uh, the judge will grant you time if you walk in there as the tenant and you say, look, I've applied for my housing benefit. Um, The application has been processed. I've been told I'm definitely entitled, but they're delaying payment. The judge will say, "Okay, you know what? It's not your fault. I'll wait for your back payments to come through. And then we'll have the hearing again. Uh, or if, for example, what, what happens if they have a history of having a clean record, they don't owe, owe people money and all of a sudden they're falling into a trap? Well, unfortunately, the, you know, the judges will look into okay. uh, the circumstances, circumstances again. and okay. things like that. And let's not forget, actually, once a landlord makes an application for possession, then uh, the uh, tenant has the right to file a defence. And depending whether there are grounds or or not, uh, a case may be listed for a hearing. And in that hearing, um, well, tenants can file witness statements, explain the whole situation, and it's judge's discretion. But again, it depends whether uh, mandatory grounds are used or established or discretionary grounds. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Mm. So, uh, still on the topic of adjournment, I'm so sorry, Anwar. But... Imagine the case has been adjourned, or it's agreed. Will they give, be given a date of another hearing there and then? Or will they say it's to be decided or to be confirmed? 
Uh, well, uh, it depends on the circumstances of the case. You know, a case can be adjourned definitely if the parties agree or, or there are some compelling reasons why the case, sh- the matter should be adjourned indefinitely. However, mat- matters, uh, matter can be adjourned for uh, fixed times in those circumstances. Either a new date will be given or a new date will be given in due course. So different circumstances. Okay, so during that period, does the tenant have the right to remain at home? Absolutely, the, the, the tenant will remain in the property. And as I said, that uh, uh, tenant, uh, ten, a tenant does not need to leave the property unless the court orders otherwise. And uh, having said that, let's not forget actually, that even if a position order is granted, then that order needs to be enforced. So a landlord needs to obtain an enforcement order to enforce the judgment. That's uh, another procedure. That, But in that procedure, well, t- a tenant does not need to attend any hearing or anything like that. Oh, there's no hearing. It's just an application um, to the court. To seal a document. To, to, yeah, exactly. To obtain an enforcement order right. to enforce that judgment. Yeah. That's fine. Are there any conditions for a case to be adjourned or are there any examples that you think there are certain conditions that, okay, fine, as long as you do this, we'll just adjourn the case until it's settled? Yeah, that's true. There are, well, as I said, different scenarios. Different scenarios. But that can occur, for example, if somebody's, you know, case is being adjourned, but the reason for adjournment is he's paying his rent arrears off. The judge will say, okay, I'll carry on adjourning it till it's cleared and you don't need me no more that's right yeah can, can that's be. down to again you're saying that's down to the discretion of the judge himself yeah, just, yeah, depending on discretion and also depend on and grounds the, of uh, yeah. schedule two of the okay Act that's what i'm saying that's why i use the specific uh, sh- uh, ground of rent arrears for example okay uh can the court decide whether the case is struck out or is turned away from court and the court, uh, well, as I said, there are some circumstances, and I explained for both Section Eight and oh, Section Twenty One right. that they need to be those uh, notices uh, need to be served validly, and uh, in Section Twenty One, uh, certain documents uh, should have been provided or must have been provided to the tenant. Mm. Otherwise, the notice will deem to be ineffective. Or invalid, and then at the same time, Section Eight, and I said reasons needs to be uh, established. If uh, if no, if there are no grounds, okay, uh, then yes, the judge has the right to dismiss the case, okay. outright dismissal, okay. or this is known as a striking out the case. That's and that's fine. Mm. Okay, is there a court order to dismiss the case? Uh, well, generally, yes, the judge will give uh, an order or and reasons that the case uh, is dismissed and uh, the landlord uh, cannot possess the property on that occasion. But or evict the tenant. The tenant, but that doesn't mean that the, ten- that the landlord uh, can never <laughs> evict the tenant. Uh, well, cases are dismissed on invalid notices, uh, well, uh, lack of uh, pr- wrong grounds are used, and certain certain lack of documentation mm. 
uh, failing to uh, protect deposits and uh, different reasons. Okay, different but reasons, uh, when can a tenant's case be dismissed if the landlord does certain activities or, for example, what are they? Uh, well, ineffective notices, okay. one, uh, uh, second, wrong grounds are stated mm -hmm. in the notices and uh, also is something called retaliatory action where uh, a tenant complains to the landlord about the condition of the property and, he and the landlord fails to take any action and instead mm -hmm. uh, serves um, a notice of eviction. Okay. So in those situations, yes, the cases can be uh, dismissed. That's fine. Uh, so again, uh, we've not actually finished off, so I think we're going to have to do session two in eviction and possession again. Uh, thank you for your time today, everyone, uh, for tuning into Inspire FM for the Oscar Lear show. Uh, again, uh, I'm your host, uh, Mujib Rahman of .com today, uh, .com solicitor, sorry, I beg your pardon. And I'm joined today by uh, my wonderful colleague, uh, Mr. Anwar Qazi, also of .com solicitors. And uh, I would have wrapped up, but again, we did not have enough time to finish. So I think we'll have to do another session on eviction alone. Uh, Mr. Qazi is nodding his head at me, thinking, uh, I told you one session is not going to be enough. Uh, so uh, we'll probably return back uh, in a couple of weeks uh, again to discuss uh, discuss the topic of eviction. And on that note, uh, this is just generic advice. If you need any specific advice, go to a legal expert or contact the brothers at uh, Inspire and they'll put you through to us. Thank you for your time. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org? And follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at InspireFM Luton.